stop the music, stop the music. Okay. It's the night shift, Jeremy. This isn't the normal PG podcast. Oh, we that's need some true. new tunes. Let's okay. buckle up. Here we go. You ready? Hit it. All right. So anyway, we are hmming because we just watched The Witcher. The Witcher with Henry Cavill, who is no longer known as anything except for The Witcher. I guess he doesn't get to be Superman Just like Vito Mortensen became Aragorn, and he is Aragorn, Henry Cavill is The Witcher, is Geralt of Rivia. Yeah. Oh, man. He really did. I I was was like, okay, That was some acting. Yeah, he did a good job. He did a really good job with it. And you know what? I mean, I think, obviously... Uh, he was getting good reviews of it before we could even see it, and critics were watching it. They're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, good, no, do a good job, good job." Yeah, they were getting he was getting applause from uh, you know the critics and such. And then you get to watch it, and you see why he was getting some decent praise. Is he pulled it off? Yeah. So the I'm gravitas. Just gonna, oh, is there. I know. I'm going to go right into my ratings and stuff. Yeah. So first off, The Witcher is a Netflix series. There's one mm-hmm. series, eight episodes. Each, ep- each episode is around an hour long. And The Witcher is based off of two things. It's based off the game series. There are three games, Witcher, Witcher 2, Witcher 3. And there's also a, a seven books. Seven books originally written in Polish, translated to English, and that is the Witcher story. What came first, the games or the books? The books came first. The books, okay. Then so the, the games, games are based on the and books. then uh, they all. He also did, wrote another uh, book after the game, and then he also had another set of short stories published after I okay. think uh, the games came out too to add to did, it. But it was one that, that was I believe there. I believe it was one that was written earlier. Either that or the U.S. Uh, system, the way that we kind of publish foreign novels is kind of weird how we order for those of you who want to read the books i'm just going to say it first off you shouldn't read uh the blood of elves first you should read the last wish the sword of destiny then the blood of elves that's the order and then everything else after that follows very easily if you look online uh as far as stuff is published but read the last wish first well you also the sword of destiny that you're probably better off watching the series before reading because I thought that it, it's one of those things, you know, like imagine that you uh, like when you were a kid or I mean, even, even as an adult and you go to like a concert and you see someone play an instrument and you really like that instrument. And then you go home and you just go uh, either two things. You either buy your own instrument, right? The same thing. And you just get inspired and you start learning or you go, you're like, wow, that person's such a good celloist or they're so good on you know, the, I will say like the accordion, I don't know what kind of concerts you go to. So it could be random, could be anything, the flute, the guitar, air, you know, yeah, air guitar. I don't know why I said that, Ooh, but there are yeah. air guitar competitions, really but you that. know what I mean? And you look at this and you go and you're like, you just do a deep dive into YouTube and you're like, I want to hear every cover by a cello. You know, I want to hear every song that I love by a cello or every song by a flute. I want to see who the best flutist. And it just opens up this universe. And that's what it did for me. I watched the Witcher having no knowledge of the game except for a base idea of what the game was. I never played the game. I never read the books. All of a sudden, I watched The Witcher. I loved it. And now I've already read the first book, and I'm halfway through the second book, and I am 
thrilled and loving it so much. And it's just such a cool universe and such a cool story. And man, Geralt of Rivia and Dandelion and some of the other characters in this are very compelling and very fun. Yeah. I mean, as much as you love, like, the way that Henry Cavill portrays it, once you have his and then you go to the books, you're just, like, adding to, like, this cool character. And then you get, uh, you know, like, characters like Yen, you know, Yennefer, uh, where you go and you, like, watch it and then you wa- read the books and you're like, oh, wow, well, she's super cool, you know? like. And so I just thought it was a very cool way for me to to view this. And after I watched The Witcher, all eight episodes, after I finished – I thought that the first half of the season was the strongest. I thought the fight scenes, the choreography, the writing, the way they like had their plot go, and the editing was far better in the first four than the second four. But I thought that it was overall a good enough show, an enticing show, and a binge-worthy show. So I gave it a four out of five. Yeah. And I think that this one's a four out of five that's set up really well really really well for a second season yeah they're already three and a half yeah i think Um, they're they're already going to their second season mm -hmm. and i think with the success it had you can increase the budget and you can get some better uh i was gonna say some better cgi for the cgi parts but they also did a lot of practical effects which Mm -hmm. i thought were very good and very useful so they increased the budget for that i never had i mean better writing it it was never a situation where cgi ever took me out of it like sometimes you get bad cgi and kind of take you out of it and it it was never an issue i mean on a series for a netflix you're not necessarily going to always get the best cgi it's not budgeted for yes it's not budgeted for that but uh Oh, shut Are you kidding me? Jason's Siri just went off because he said series. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to chuck my phone across the room to the couch so she can shut up. Anyway, uh, you were saying the CGI did not take you out. No, no. And so, but yeah, I mean, having a bigger budget, you know, yeah, certainly you could, you could possibly improve upon that if you wanted yes. to. Yes, and while it doesn't take you out, there's more that they can do with the story. Mm-hmm. Having knowledge, more knowledge of the books right now, like yeah. there are some scenes in the show where they differ far from the book because they didn't have that budget to actually do you know, some actual CGI yeah. with a monster. Maybe larger they, they do, yeah, you, battle scenes. Yeah, you do like as that, much or? as you can with small CGI budgets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, relatively small. It is Netflix. It is like a big series. Uh, but And they do a lot of practical effects, which are amazing. But if you have a little bit more budget for, you know, CGI, a little bit more budget for practical effects and all the different, like, special effects you can do, mm-hmm. there's more capability with some of their fight scenes that they can do uh, with some of the spell casting or the stuff that you know, they could have go on. Yeah. But like I said, season two should set up pretty well. And I think I'm honestly excited for it. It's one of those things where I hate that I have to wait a year and a half after spending three days binging <laughs> something. You know, it's just the cruel you know, world it's interesting. of watching Netflix. I, it is. And I'm wondering after initially being disappointed that we weren't able to see all of the Mandalorian at once when Disney plus dropped, um, they're following HBO's model of the weekly release. And having just finished up with The Mandalorian, I'm realizing... It I was feel fun. Like, I, yeah, I feel like Netflix has shot itself in the foot with this whole um, dump and binge model, I think. Because what what happens is you watch it, and there's this buzz for a month or two. 
and then it sort of dies out. Whereas you think about it, think about how much how much you always heard about people talking about Game of Thrones, people talking about Mandalorian. It's because you each week you're waiting, you're anticipating, you're theorizing, you're talking about it, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I think that the whole idea of everything drops at once and you can binge it, there's that part of me that's like, yeah, I want to see it all. I want to start it and I want to finish it. But then there's also a part of me that's like, you're kind of missing out on the whole waiting and the expectation and the yeah. you know the the looking forward to it and all anticipation that kind of stuff. yeah and i thought yeah the way disney plus did it i thought it was a very counterculture to what we'd expect yeah well and and hbo it wor- still it, does it yeah and, Game and of yeah. thrones watcher but at uh, least hbo you know hbo was a tv channel you know like mm-hmm. hbo so it, it actually already followed that kind of scene you know where yeah. oh i subscribe to hbo so i see it on tv i see these things once a week Whereas Disney Plus, it's like, hey, we're a streaming service. And you mm-hmm. go watch it, and you're like, wait, one episode? What? Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. And it's a shock. And that they kept doing it was amazing. And, man, if they would have done that with The Witcher, oh, gosh, that would have been tough. See, and I, But I think you would have people still talking about it more. You know. Now, I will say, I, I gave it three and a half, and I would have given it more. But for two main reasons. One, um, have uh, is Hollywood concerned that we're going to forget what breasts look like? You see a lot of boobs, and it's, you it's, see it's, Jennifer's boobs as much as you see her face. Uh, you're going to become as familiar with them as her face. It, it's just it's to a point where I'm just I'm tired of it. It's like oh, it's unnecessary. It has nothing to do with the story or furthering the plot or anything like that. It's just like, hey, look, here's some boobs. Okay. Um, and then the other reason that I gave it the three and a half mostly, and, and I mean, I don't know if they did this consciously, but the whole s- timeline is a bit convoluted. Yeah, I told you the timeline, yeah. the editing, and the, the way that the writers wrote the plot, mm-hmm. I thought – as far as an adaptation going to screen, first off, it was very, it was good. It's very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. But there are definitely things that they could do better. Yeah. And writing was a big one. Editing was a big one. And I, I think, think it's, I, I don't know if it was a conscious decision just to make the, because all of a sudden you realize about the fourth episode in, you realize, wait a minute, this isn't, time isn't following the way that i thought it was i'm like i literally thought i was like did i accidentally skip an episode yeah I, I like i went back and i'm looking I'm like no i watched okay watched the first three on the fourth like what am i and i realized oh my gosh they're doing time jumps and i've been watching things that are not taking i've already seen stuff that hasn't now taken place yet yeah but they had absolutely no markers whatsoever there, there are, wait to, there are some t- Tiny markers. They're very small markers. Now, when I went back and watched episode one, I caught him. But that's also after having watched the full eight episodes <laughs> and read The Last Wish. And yeah. I went back and I watched the first episode. I'm like, well, yeah, I get it now. But no, that went right over my head. Yeah. And it went right over the head of almost everyone. It's the most who, common complaint Almost you will everyone find. who didn't play the games or didn't read the books. They're like, this timeline is hurting my brain. And yeah. I don't get it until the end. And that is a very hard critique. However, they still got people to get to the end. And that is just the quality of acting from, man, Henry Cavill was so good. For most of the people. I mean, even what was. Yeah, everyone everyone was a great actor, uh, including uh, Anya uh, Shavoltra. 
Uh, I think that was her she name. Saw, and I, uh, I would look at my phone, Freya. but I had to throw it across yeah, the so room. An- Anya, <laughs> Freya, I mean, the uh, Queen Calanthe, uh, you know, they all, Dandelion. Like, I thought they all were great. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dandelion in the books. He's a Yaskir in uh, in the, the series. Oh, okay. So his name is Dandelion in the books, but he's Yaskir in the series. I thought they all, yeah, did a great job. But he, he just, uh, you know. Henry stole the show. Yeah, he really he did. He stole the show. And really one did. of the things I saw someone online mention is that they hope that it was one of those like hope wish, like hopefully maybe they'll do this. They're not going to, but they're like, I want just a series of like little off season. So in between like their seasons, just little shorts where it's Henry Cavill just doing his little monster thing or negotiating with people or just, you know, being a witcher, but it's like five minute shorts and you can make them as comedic as you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that'd be great. I think they're set up to do what they want. He he really was. He really is the best thing about the show. And I I was curious because I mean, I I knew nothing about the witcher series at all. I knew nothing. I'd never read the books. I'd never played the game. So I'm going into it completely cold, no background to it. Um, and I just, I thought he did such a good job with the role and, and playing it. And he, you just, he carries it so well, you know? And I mean, every, like I said, like we said, everyone else did a good job, but it was, he's definitely the linchpin and he did a really good job holding it all together. Yeah. Good job. Soups. I agree. So Superman again, did well in this show, uh, a couple things to worry about if you are, uh, afraid of some things there is uh some gore Lot, lots of there's not a decent th- amount of gore there's not a ton of gore i would, is, I would uh, like i, I say uh, it's comparable to a game of thrones level but when it, when there's some gore there gets some gore i mean you get some yeah some but they don't but they don't and, focus on it the camera will shift and stuff like that uh, a lot of Okay, for what? Dis- okay, yeah, some, that's true. There's some disembowelings, and, uh, and those, there was a cutting off. The, okay, okay, yeah. Some pretty. I guess I might have. Okay, so there's some there's some good yeah. video game gore, um, and Game of Thrones style sometimes. Yeah, there is. There are two scenes, uh, one in which it's almost like a like a weird Garden of Eden, and there's like we're not gonna say like what it is or where it is, but it's in the first episode, and it's like this weird kind of thing where there are just like. Dozens of boobs women, everywhere. dozens of yeah. naked women. That's what I'm and men saying Hollywood's around. afraid that we're going to forget what boobs so, look like. So hey, so there's there's a bunch of naked women and men walking <laughs> around, and then there's also An later scene. on, and yeah, there's just the this, yeah, there's yeah. like 50 people, yeah, and it's not like the focus of the scene for most of it. It's like it's the focus for like I don't know 30 seconds. And then it's, it's basically not. the background for yeah. the majority of the scene. So there are those like there are those the, two. And then other than that, it's basically one one prostitute for like five minutes. And it's not sex. It's not a sex scene. It's just no, there. Just and then there, there are a couple sex scenes that don't show much. And then there is a lot of Yennefer's boobs. Yes. And that's what it is. Yeah. A lot of them. I mean, yeah. it's like. Like I said, I mean, I'm just curious if Hollywood's concerned that we're going to forget what they look like. And it's like, just remember, this is what a breast looks like. Thank goodness. Because I was forgetting. I was forgetting. It had been a while. Well, they had and... to distract us from the weird timeline and the <laughs> bad true. writing. It's true. We're going to throw these in here that because is, we have a crazy timeline. That is another, you know, producer <laughs> tools. They go, oh, shoot. Are we losing our audience? More boobs, guys. More boobs, please. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. 
same industry that wants to do, be cry. You know. Anyways, we won't go into that whole anyway, bit of hypocrisy. So, all in all, I thought it's a must-watch. Go binge it. It's great. And then get yourself ready for second, the second season by binge-listening to the books read by Peter Kenny. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, it, like I said, it, unless, unless you're just done with anything that has any kind of nudity in it, uh, and you're like, I'm, I'm not doing it at all, then this would definitely put you off because it's in every episode. Um, but otherwise, like I said, really, really engaging characters. You get into them, you get invested into them, you really get invested to, into Siri and to Geralt and their storylines and how they're going to converge and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, it does a really good job, even though it's confusing. It actually still holds you enough. And then once you get over the confusion, you're like, okay, uh, this is okay. I get the timeline. I see. And then you put the pieces together. It's just they could have done that in a much better way for the viewer. Well, for whatever reason, they chose not to. Ultimately, does not take you out of um, the performances and just the story in general. Yeah. So worth right. watching. Yes. So as always, I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. We got you back. All right. If you want to get in touch with us, there are a number of ways you can do it. You can hit us up on Twitter at the underscore PG pod. It's our new Twitter account on Instagram at parental guidance podcast, all together, lowercase, no spaces or anything like that. Or you can email us at PGP connection at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and to many more episodes. Remember, we got your back. The parental guidance podcast is a creation of silver badger productions. If you would like more information, go to www.silverbadgerproductions.com or on Twitter at Silver Badger Pro.